Pottsville Game Design, May 2019, Ludum Dare 44 Entries, with Drew and Levi. Welcome everyone to Knoxville Game Design for May 2019. This is a monthly discussion of our game projects and topics in the games industry. Uh, my name is Levi Smith. I'm in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Uh, currently, I'm the only one online, so we'll see if anybody uh, joins in with us. Okay, so first of all, we're going to start off with some news. Uh, so, recently they re released the new version of Unity. It's Unity 2019.1. And it seems like there's a lot of new features in this. Um, this is the one that I used to do my most recent game jam with. Uh, the one issue that I ran into with Unity 2019.1 is it's having some issues importing Blender models. Um, I know also in the news there's a Blender 2.8 that's in the works and it says on the Blender website that it's planned to be released in July of 2019. So uh, there's some issue from what I've heard from what I've read in the user groups is that there's apparently a new uh, I don't know some differences in the way that Blender is uh, exporting their models so for my most recent game jam I had to manually export all of my Blender models into FBX format then import those into Unity which is fine it's just an extra step that you have to do which is a little bit no annoying but hopefully once uh, Unity 2019.1 gets out there and uh, after a couple of patches and after Blender 2.8 gets out there with a few patches hopefully uh, it'll work the old way where you could just drag your Blender models directly into Unity which I've heard uh, uh, behind the scenes converts it to FBX anyway but it just saves a little bit of time especially during game jams uh, where you only have 48 hours where you for you not have to manually export those in FBX format. Uh, I found a neat post on the TIG Source forums. TIG Source is a good uh, site for game developers. Uh, a lot of great information out there. It's uh, forums.tigsource.com. And there's actually a uh, board on there specifically for developers and technical stuff. And if you are looking, if you're interested in what other game engines beside Unreal and Unity, there's a nice thread on here that tells you all of the different uh, engines out there. And a lot of people have questions about what what's the price and what's the licensing and things like that. And it has it all just listed right out here like Unity and UDK and it has all the information about how you can use it, if it's free to use or if you have to pay a share of your uh, profits or anything like that. But yeah, just lots of different game engines. I think they keep this thread updated so yeah, I'll put a link to this in the post for this this podcast uh, one interesting thing that I found was um, searching uh, various different sites 
is that there's actually a speedrunning community. And I've been watching a little bit of that online. I know this week there's been like a whole week of uh, RPG limit break. And you can go out there and like see people speedrunning all sorts of different RPGs like Chrono Trigger. They had like two people playing Chrono Trigger at the same time just to see who can finish first. They had like an all-night playthrough, 10 hours long of Final Fantasy X. It's kind of like a relay where they would pass off between players. Uh, they wrapped up last night with Super Mario RPG, and they did it all for charity, so you could like donate. Uh, <clears throat> and then you could actually donate and um, force and uh, for sp- specific like i don't know what you call them uh objectives or things like that where you could name the different characters in the rpg or file names and and characters and things like that but anyway i found out there's actually a speed run site for kitty's adventure my game my game that i put on xbox one a couple of years ago so just like a couple of days ago someone beat Kitty's Adventure in 1 minute and 12 seconds. Bernard the Walrus. And is the cool thing about this site, it's speedrun.com, uh, Kitty's Adventure. They do have it broken out into any percent, uh, like you just completed the game, or 100%. So the 100% objective in Kitty's Adventure, I'm assuming that means collect all the uh, letters in Kitty for every single stage. Uh, so that took, there's only one entry for that. That was six minutes and 41 seconds. But the cool thing is you can click on any of these speed runs and then it will take you to a video showing where this people played my game in that amount of time. So it's kind of cool. I never intended Kitty's Adventure to be a speed run game. Although at the end of every level, I did put like how many seconds it took to complete each stage. So that's very cool. I appreciate everyone out there. It's played Kitty's Adventure. It's out there for free. And, of course, get it on Xbox One on the Creators Program section on there. Uh, or you can get it for PC. It's on Itch.io. And you can even play it in a web browser on my website, LeviDSmith.com. Uh, Dylan, he said he's not going to be able to join us this month. <clears throat> but Dylan has some pretty cool talks coming up. Um, actually, he was recently at the Middle Tennessee Anime Convention. That was in Nashville, April 19th to 21. So he had a few talks about that. Oh, yeah, by the way, we had a Ludum Dare kickoff last Friday. Dylan was there, and Jacob and his family was there. Pretty cool. So we talked a little bit about what Dylan talked about at this Middle Tennessee Anime Convention, which was Hanafuda cards. Uh, I believe that means flower cards. Um, so I kind of got into this through the Yakuza, the Ryuga Gotoku games, where uh, Hanafuna, they have various different mini-games in that game, uh, one being Koi Koi. Um, I can't remember what the other ones are. Ochi Kabuo, something like that. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. And um, actually, I got into Mahjong as well, so I'm kind of interested in these Japanese style games. But yeah, Dylan did a whole talk about that uh, in April. Uh, Very interesting stuff. And he's also got a talk coming up at Momocon, a very large uh, anime gaming convention in Atlanta. And it goes from May 23rd to May 26th. And he's doing the Joy of Game Development. So you can find all these talks, or the description of these talks, 
on DylanWolf.com on his website. First post on there. And so he's doing the joy of game development. Uh, to demystify the process of game development, we'll talk through the process of writing a very basic 2D shoot 'em up in Unity from scratch. So I think this is going to be uh, similar to the talk that he did in uh, January 2019 for the Knoxville Game Design uh, podcast. So if you are in Atlanta, if you're going to be in the area at Momocon, be sure go check out Dylan's talk. Uh, I'm not exactly sure which room or what time that's going to be, but I'm sure once you're at the con, they'll have a schedule, uh, a program guide with all the sessions. So just find Joy of Game Development, Dylan Wolf, and you'll be able to find him there. So yeah, uh, it's a couple of weekends ago. Uh, we did Ludum Dare 44, so we had two great entries for that. Uh, I cre created an entry, and Jacob created an entry as well. But I've been playing through some of these entries, and one cool thing that I found is that there's actually another uh, like fantasy console called Tick 80. Now, we've talked about Pico 8 in the past. I've developed the game in Pico 8. Uh, I may do that as an upcoming topic. Uh, Pico 8 does cost, I think, $20. I think it's well worth the money. I think you get a 3D uh, voxel editor or something with that. But I found someone, as I was rating games, did their game in TIC Tick 80. I was like, what in the world is Tick 80? So I went and checked it out. It's on, I believe it's on GitHub, but you can create. An entire game, and it looks just like Pico 8, a little fantasy type console. And it kind of boots up right there. And it all runs in your browser, and I think it's all free and everything. But uh, yeah, it looks a lot like Pico 8, uh, how it has the code editor built in, and sprite editor, and all that good stuff. But it runs in your browser, which I think is great. So we may do a talk on Knoxville game design, like do a combination of Tick 80 and Pico 8. Uh, maybe do a comparison between the two, and if there's any features missing in Tick 80 that's in uh, Pico 8 or vice versa. But uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. I guess it runs in Lua and things like that. So yeah, check check out Tick 80 if you're interested in Pico 8. Let's welcome Drew to Knoxville Game Design. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah, if you want to share off the screen or whatever. Uh, yeah, let me uh, let's see. Here. Plug my headset back in here. All right. Yeah, Dylan told me he wasn't going to be able to make it, and. He didn't do a game for Ludum Dari or anything, so. Uh, but hopefully next month we'll have a, another topic. I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do, but this is just just kind of a short meeting this month. Yeah. Just in case anybody decided to show up and want to show off anything. So did you find us through the Knox Devs group, or? Um, I believe so. Uh. Uh, I think I saw it on like the events channel or something on the Slack. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Or sorry, can you see my Google page now? Yep, I see it. 
Okay. Uh, so, um, and I'm, I've been, I'm working on a video for this and I may do some presentations at different places, but, uh, um, let's see, I thought I'd just take the opportunity while I'm here and, uh, you can tell me if maybe I should, uh, if you know some place that would be good for this. So this is, uh, stratagame.com. Okay. This is a, a website I built, um, for board game and card game developers. Um, and it could have other uh, uses as well, but um, let's see. It's basically, let me uh, take you through the demo here. Um, it's basically like an online board game or card game builder. Um, so you have your um, basic properties. You got different, set up a different type of game, um, like cooperative or classic board games, deck building games, uh, number of players, and then you can design a board, and this is an example board here, uh, where um, you've got your locations where you can place your pieces, and then you've got uh, connections between them, and you can, um, that determines like whether you can move a piece, um, if, if it bounces an adjacent uh, location, so and you can remove pieces uh, or connections, and you can make new ones. Uh, and you can also make them like one-way connections. Uh, so where you can move it one direction and not the other. Excuse me. So you'll see an arrow there. Um, let's see. There's also uh, tags that you can use, which will make more sense probably later because it you'll be able to uh, make rules that, that pertain to like spaces and that have certain tags, uh, you know, like maybe you get to reroll if it, if it's on a space with this tag or whatever. Um, you can also move uh, the locations around. Um, you'll, uh, right now you can't upload pictures, but you can change them. Uh, I'm going to make it where you can just kind of upload a picture of your own board and just place the uh, spaces wherever wherever you want um, and uh, uh, and so and also you choose where the players start as well so um, I don't know are you uh, do you have any questions yet or no this is very amazing uh, um, great. so so uh, so I'm familiar with board games like this like settlers of Catan and things right. like that. Um, so once you generate your map and all, all the nodes and everything, mm -hmm. uh, does it generate a game that you can play online or do you just take this to make a physical game board? Uh, well, right now it's um, just uh, a designer, but the uh, full um, the full product that I'm going to uh, put out is will be you can play it online. Um, one one the my original idea was to provide uh, data analytics where like an AI would try to play your game and then you could find out like if the game is broken in certain ways you could um, tweak the rules and find out like how does that affect uh, the probability that like somebody can just kind of run away with something or or if somebody can just get away with just always uh playing a red card or something like that and yeah. they're unbeatable or something like kind of like exploits or something to see if yeah, like one yeah. one piece or one card is overpowered or something like yeah. that. yeah um yeah and here you've got uh your pieces uh you can change give them names and you can add and remove them um 
and there's player pieces uh and then there's a, just other miscellaneous pieces and this will be more sophisticated like basically all the all the parts of the website will be a little more sophisticated when in the when the full version is out but um and you'll be able to upload your own icons and pictures uh for your game right now it just has choice predefined choices just because i wanted to demonstrate it but uh let's see uh and here you've got cards you can have any number of card decks you can create uh, whoop, uh that's uh messed up my demo but that's all right uh so you can have any number of card decks and then cards can have suits and ranks oh very cool. uh yeah um, and then right now you have to create each individual card, but I'm going to make it where it'll just auto generate like all combinations of the suits, every suit with every rank. And then you can, it'll kind of help you keep track of all the combinations. Uh, so you can create your own types of cards, whether it be like a standard 52 card playing deck or like a CCG type right, card or right. a Hana. Me, Dylan and I at the kickoff were talking about Hanafuda cards, which are Japanese oh. cards, and they're kind of similar, but they're based on months. So you basically have 12 mm. suits, and then you have three or four cards in, in each of those. Mm. So, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so you can choose your suit and your rank. Um, and you can have other miscellaneous cards that don't have a suit or a rank. Um, and uh, you can give those tags as well. You can just, like, type in a new tag. And then uh, create it, and then other. Uh, let me see. Might have to get this to refresh. Yeah, I need to uh, need to update that. But um, yeah, you'll be able to uh, actually. Let me do thing. Well, now that won't work. Uh, yeah, so um, you can add new tags and stuff and then they'll show up in the uh, drop down and, and stuff like that. Um, Very cool. So what did you use to develop this website? Did you use like JavaScript to do? Uh, I, I did use a lot of vanilla JavaScript. Um, I, I'm an object oriented programmer. So um, I tried to find uh, very clever ways of doing JavaScript in object oriented and, and, and basically um, in hindsight, you know, I, I probably I could have uh, invested in something like TypeScript or Angular, um, which I probably will migrate over to that at some point in the future, but probably not really soon. But yeah, I used uh, a lot of jQuery, a lot of D3. Okay, uh, I haven't heard of D3. As soon as I learned D3, I was like, wow, you can do so much stuff with like SVG and nodes and just all these different uh, things that um, D3 does for you. And so that's kind of what, kind of where this, um, started with. Um, and then I figured out, well, I can do like these little pickers and, um, and other things like that. So, um, so, and these other tabs are unfinished, but yeah, you'll be able to put in the rules. I've already got like, um, a rough outline of like how the rules are going to be organized. It'll be like, you can have game phases and then, you know, you define like, um, player turns and then uh each player can have a uh, uh basically has a certain set of options and then you can t say if they pick this option what is the result like it could be like moving the piece certain number of spaces or um adding a piece to their supply or something like that and uh uh and then you can also say that they have subsequent options after they choose that one so 
Um, and you can have like rules that determine like when their turn is over, you know. Um, and so you don't really like program it so much to go through, go to the next player's turn, but you just say like, what, what are the options that um, a player can have on their turn, you know? Um, and so there's a very kind of top down structure to um, the game rules instead of like just programming some sort of algorithm and hoping that it kind of, you know, works. So yeah, that can get pretty tricky. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So is this, uh, available right now? So anybody can like create an account and yes. start making uh, their game. Yeah. They can start, um, building their game. They can save it, uh, to the website and, cool. uh, uh, yeah, the only thing is uh, the only things that are available right now, though, are just uh, making the board pieces and cards. Um, you can't really play the game or create um, rules yet, but you can set it up so that it's ready to go as soon as uh, you know. As soon as I add features to the website, so so they create their board and all their nodes, and then it's automatically saved on your website, right? Yes, uh, actually, it's saved like uh, when you upload here, oh, and then okay. you can reload. Here I might I might add a feature where it just automatically saves it um, like every minute or so or something like that. But um, but yeah, but yeah, it will save it. Um, and then you can you've got these different backgrounds and you can just have done. Oh, so okay. yeah, so if you don't want if it's uh, kind of in the way or whatever, um, you can uh, you can make a Monopoly game. Oh there. yeah, very cool. So, uh, yeah, so if it's in the, if the map and stuff is in the way, you can just have none. And then like later, when I allow people to upload pictures, then you can upload a picture background. So very cool. Yeah. So this is uh, is it straight? It's kind of like strategy without the Y. Straight yes, game. Yes, exactly. Strata game. Yes, yeah, stratagame.com. Yes. Yes. Um, so. Um, so yeah. So you just click there and you sign up and you can either log in with a Google, Facebook, or I guess create your, your yeah, own account. Yeah, your own username and password. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to look at it. Yeah, no problem. I'll edit this into the recording that I did earlier. So um, yeah, it'll probably be up in a few days and uh, and also the audio will be on itunes and everything so hopefully people will will check it out yeah and so are you a, a board gamer um or like mildly or a lot or uh me not so much dylan who's usually on here he's really into board games yeah um that, i was yeah, always just like a single game player. i was a only child and everything so i kind mm -hmm. of got into video games because it's something right. that i could play alone but yeah i mean i played a lot of the classics when i was a kid like uh monopoly and chess and all that but uh, i know there's a big board game scene at uh token game tavern seems like they have a board game event yeah. every I, few weeks or something i actually was there just last thursday and uh, i didn't expect to win anything but i won the uh raffle they gave away a, a copy of carcassonne oh okay yeah so that was that was kind of fun it's kind of i mean it probably isn't like the best copy of it or anything like that, but I, it was first time I think I've won a raffle in a long time. So, um, and I met some guys there. They played this game called I want to say it's called Castles or something like that, mm -hmm. um, made by like Bezier Games. I think it's like a Knoxville-based um, 
Yeah, so, I've seen Bezier games. I think they were CreepyCon that we went to. And we had a booth last year. Yeah, it seems like they're they're making a lot of stuff out there. But yeah, Token Game Tavern is a great place to meet people with like similar interests. I got into pinball, and they have the pinball league like every Tuesday or like most Tuesdays. So I kind of got into that, and I just go out there for fun. I mean, I. I, mm-hmm. I never finish. I'm finished like in the top ten or something. But it's yeah. just to get out of the house and meet other yeah. people and things like that. Yeah, there's a game there called Killer Queen. Oh, I've seen uh, that one. I haven't yeah. played it myself. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's stuff to get used to. There's like three different goals, and you kind of have to like focus on all three of them, you know. But mm. it, it's kind of neat if you have enough people to play and stuff like that. So yeah, it takes like ten players or something, doesn't yeah. it? It, has, it has, actually has AI now, um, so you can do just two players, but you do kind of need one person on each side. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It does It does help, though, to have more players, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you joining uh, joining this, this month, Drew, and uh, showing off straight game, stratagame.com. <laughs> and, yeah, if you have any updates, let us know, and we'll be sure to post it to the website and... Uh, hopefully drive some traffic to your site as well okay well uh yeah thanks a lot and i'm uh, sorry your name again my name is levi smith levi smith yes. okay yeah I'll, um yeah I'll, I'll you guys on slack very much or i'm, I'm on this uh, the knox dev slack uh the yeah. other guys not so much uh, okay they're they're typically like dylan's on twitter uh jacob i think he has just like a uh, game jolt page and uh, Joe he's double square games you can find him at double square Joe on Twitter and most of us have websites too yeah okay right, thanks a lot yeah no problem thanks for joining us yeah see you later okay so as I mentioned we had two <coughs> entries uh, for <coughs> Ludum Dare 44 and the theme, what was the theme? The theme is your life is currency. <clears throat> so I saw a lot of people went two different ways for this. One was like, well, it's like your life force or your organs or your blood or something like that. Like a physical, one of your physical body components is currency. But then a lot of the other games were, were based on actual physical monetary coins and dollars and things like that so my game was called yin master and basically you vanquish the demons your life is based on yin i actually have a little uh let's see see if i can show it on camera stop screen sharing yeah so i have when i went to japan back in 2014 i collected quite a bit of yin and just from change, from shopping at the convenience stores and things like that, you can see them all in there. And so basically I scanned, or no, I took a picture of these. Let's see, It's pretty cool because some of the coins actually have holes, like the, the half denominations, like the five go in and the 50, the goju in coins actually have little holes in them. So I took a picture of these. And then I did a little coin in Blender. Then I texture mapped the coin on top of my model in Blender. So I think it came out really well. Let's go back to screen share right here. Share. 
And so basically there's um, four upgrades that I have in the game. You can upgrade your move speed, your fire rate. Uh, you, you can buy like these little orbs that give you an additional shot. And then a coin magnet, which means whenever you shoot one of these little demon head things, uh, then they're going to drop you in. And so it, the coin magnet helps uh, like vacuum up the in so you don't have to exactly touch on them or anything. So yeah, the idea for this game was kind of like, I got it from another one that I was playing in Yakuza. It's called uh, Space Harrier. It was an old Sega game where it's kind of like in this behind the shoulder view. And it's kind of like games like Star Fox, like space shooters like that. <clears throat> but yeah, basically you're, it's like a forest runner, but in 3D mode and you're constantly going forward. So uh, you just shoot the little heads <clears throat> and you avoid like touching them and you avoid the projectiles. So there's a few different types of these demons in the game. There's a gray demon. They basically just go back and forward. There's a blue demon, and they go around in circles. And then the yellow demons go up and down, and they shoot at you. And then there's the boss demon at the end of the stage. And in order to proceed to, next, to the next stage, you have to defeat the boss demon. And it can get really crazy as you get into the higher level stages. I think there's five or six stages. You get a lot of these little demons around. But by that time, you should have bought enough upgrades in order to take care of all these guys. <clears throat> so yeah, the objective is to collect the yen. As you buy these upgrades, and that's going to deplete your yen. You're going to get charged. Like for fire rate, it's 50 yen. To buy an orb, it's 100. A coin magnet is 75. So it's kind of like uh, risk-reward. The more upgrades that you buy, it's going to lower your total yen. And then when your yen gets down to zero, uh, then that's and then you die and you have to restart the game all over. It isn't... If I was creating this game outside of Ludum Dari, I probably wouldn't have taken this approach. I probably would have had health on a separate variable. But to meet the theme of the game jam your life is currency then i kind of tied these two, two together so i don't know it's, it's a little bit different than most shooters where you have the risk or reward built in uh as you do upgrades it, it's also tied to your life so i was happy with how the game turned out so i've been rating ludum dari games and i've got quite a few ratings back i'm still not sure if i've got up to the 20 uh, if anyone out there isn't familiar with Ludum Dare, it's a game jam over 24 hours, or no, 48 hours, two days. There's a compo version, uh, which is the 48 hours in two days, where you create everything by yourself. You do all the assets, all the programming. It's only one person. Then there's the jam version, which is 72 hours. Uh, you can work in a group, use pre-existing assets, and things like that. So it seems like there's been more um, jam entries lately. I, I didn't look at the overall statistics or anything. I don't know if the jam is, is, is dying off. Uh, the other thing is you have to share your source code in the uh, compo version. So some people don't like sharing the source code. And it's supposed to be one of the rules that you do share the source code. But see, not very many people actually doing that. Um, but yeah, it's all for fun. I never do like take the writing seriously or anything. 
um, because it's all subjective. Uh, one cool thing that people used to do in the past, but they don't seem to do very often anymore, is creating time-lapse videos. So, as usual, I created a time-lapse video, which you can see now if you're watching the uh, video version of this podcast. And you can see me, like, writing all the code, making the models. Let me fast-forward a little bit through this. You can see me in here in Blender, like, if you're wondering what I do to actually texture map uh, these models and things like that. You see me creating the music. I actually went out to Chick-fil-A and took my computer with me and uh, did that away from home. Uh, somewhere in here. But you can see me using GarageBand. And, oh, there it is right there. To make the music. See all the music instruments that I'm selecting. I actually used 2-4 time in this game. I wanted to kind of do a March type theme. I've never done that before. You can see me creating all the sound effects for the game. And things like that. But if you look at my time-lapse time video, you'll notice that I really don't start doing a lot of the models until the very end. So I, I, with most of my games now, especially the Game Jam games, I try to focus on getting the gameplay down, getting solid gameplay first. And once the game plays the way I want it to feel, get all the bugs worked out, that's when I go back in and add the models. Because basically all of the game objects are colliders. So, I mean, putting one model in and switching out another standby model really doesn't affect the gameplay. Uh, now, there are things, if you do have animation, then you're going to have to like do some tweaks and things like that. But, uh, yeah, use the Blender Cell Fracture plugin again. So whenever you shoot one of the little heads, then they explode. And I really like the bl Blender Cell fr Fracture plugin to do the to do the explosion effects for enemies. Okay, so that was my entry. So Jacob, he created a game called Primordial. And I think this was Jacob's first time making a an RTS. So I was really impressed. Um, it has all of the functionalities. I'll bring it up here. It has all the functionality of an RTS game in... <sighs> In Game Maker, so if you move your mouse left or right, then it's going to pan on the sides. And I saw these little guys walking around, and there's like this hive type thing. And I saw this, it looks kind of like a chain, but I think those are zeros. So that's your resources for each character. So you can, uh, I wish Jacob was on. I, I wanted to ask him what the difference between left click and right click is. So left click seems to move your little men around. Then you can press one, two, three, and four. I think that switches your unit. And you can press spacebar to create more units. And so you can like right click to move them out. And it's almost like <clears throat> they're bound inside this gray area. But if you click outside that gray area, then those little guys will start digging, I think, or so it looks like he has like two or three different types of units, and I'm not exactly sure what the differences are between the units. But he does have like uh, an area up here where you, if you make it all the way up here, you can start mining 
these resources, just like in an RTS game. I'm not sure why these guys aren't actually digging yet. Maybe I gotta left click. So whenever you left click, it puts a little brown flag, and if you right click, you, it puts a red. Oh, there they go. Now they're dig digging. So we, yeah, I need to ask Jacob exactly why some of the units will dig, but others won't. Um, and I'm not exactly sure how to select between the different units. So um, we have two numbers up here in the upper left-hand corner. You can see an 80 and 480. I believe those are your resources. I guess that's what you use to uh, make the different units. Um, whenever you create a unit, I think it costs... It looks like it costs 10, uh, 10 of your currency, 10 of your resources. Uh, every time and so you can see here there's like these little zombie head things here and it looks like there's a mushroom right there um, I'm not exactly sure how the fighting works I think you just click over here and I think your men automatically fight the little zombie heads right there yeah they're all kind of Oh, looks like they just died right there. So I'm not exactly sure how the combat works, but I think it's a pretty cool game. I mean, not a lot of people do a full RTS in in a 48-hour game jam. I know I did an RTS for a seven-day game jam a long time ago. It was like four or five years ago when I was first starting to learn Unity. So... Doing an RTS in uh, Game Maker in 48 hours is is pretty. It's quite an accomplishment. <laughs> um, so yeah, it looks like we have more guys up here. I'm not exactly sure. It looks like there's these little volcano type things. So maybe the objective is to make it all the way up here and and destroy those volcanoes or something. So, yeah, it's a pretty cool game right here. So, yeah, for Ludum Dare 44, there are still nine days left to play and rate games. So, if you're if you participated in Ludum Dare, I forgot to mention only the people who have developed a game can rate other games. It doesn't matter if you did a compo game or a jam game. Um, as long as you made a game, you submitted it on time, then you can go in and rate each other's games. And there's a lot of different categories for the games. Um, as you can see down here... Oh, where is it at? Oh, I guess I don't see it when I'm logged out. But there's like whether or not you adhered to the theme, uh, graphics, audio... Uh, I think there's one like fun innovation and overall so you can pick the different categories and rate games in those different categories then at the end of the rating period then uh, you get your rating and find out who won and things like that so yeah unfortunately they went from having Ludum Dari three times a year to two times a year so it's not going to be until October till Ludum Dari 45 but I'm sure at that time We'll have another get-together and make some more games, which will be fun. So anyway, that's going to wrap it up. I'll, I'll stay online for a little bit just to... Oops.
stop screen sharing. Yeah, I'll stay online just to see if Jacob joins. If he does, then uh, hopefully get some input from him. But if not, uh, maybe I'll catch up with him another month, and maybe he'll be able to tell us a little bit more about the game that he created. Uh, as always, you can find all of our games on knoxgamedesign.org. Go ahead and share that right there. I made a few changes to the website, knoxgame.design.org. Again, I appreciate Dylan hosting this site. I just post the articles on here, but Dylan does all the behind the scenes uh, maintenance, making sure that everything stays up and running. <clears throat> but I did put all of the past meeting videos here on the side. So ever since February 2017, which is when we became more game design focused and less focused on reviewing other games, but yeah, we have uh, over two years of different topics in game development on here. So you can click any of those over there. You can always get the audio podcast. You can play it directly from the website. You can see the latest posts. So we actually have the information for the two games that were developed for Ludum Dari 44, plus the time-lapse video that I did. Yeah, if anybody's out there is listening to this in the Knoxville area, you developed the game for Ludum Dari, or if you're just doing a game for fun, let, let us know. You can send an email to Smith at knoxgamedesign.org, and we'll definitely post it to the website and let people know about it and uh, things like that. Also put a link up here. So now you can go directly to the podcast on iTunes. Yeah, I forgot to mention you can get the podcast in many different places, such as Stitcher and I think Podcast Addict and Overcast and all that. Or you can get the RSS stream directly. Somebody just sent a message. Show messages. Nope. Uh, so there's a lot of different places to get the podcast. Or you can play it directly from the website. But if you click that podcast link, it'll take you to the page on iTunes. Where you can uh, see all of the episodes. Yeah, we appreciate everyone out there who has rated the podcast. Currently, we're sitting at 4.3 out of 5, which I think is great. The only two-star rating that we had was from, like, 2016, back when it was more focused on reviewing games. So I appreciate everyone out there who has <coughs> rated the podcast. And they put a link right here so you can go directly to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast there. So, yeah, 40 episodes for Knoxville Game Design. So, yeah, it's... it's it's coming along pretty well. <clears throat> but for the games, you can always go to the archives on Knoxville Game Design and click on games. And this will have a listing of all of the games, all the games posts that we've done, like the GM48 entries and the past Lunum Dari entries and just any other miscellaneous games that have been developed by the group over the years. So you can see all those uh, by clicking the games link and under archives okay so that's going to wrap it up for Knoxville game design for May 2019 we'll probably actually do a topic next month I'm not sure if it'll be Dylan or me I have a few things planned like I can always do a talk on blender 
or like Pico 8 that's on my list and maybe some older game engines uh, like Allegro and SDL. Uh, I've always thought about doing like one on Java. It's been a long time since I've done like actual game development in Java, but it's pretty nice if you just want to do like a simple swing or AWT just to make a, a point and click game. Java does the job pretty good there. Uh, also, uh, there's some other like oddball languages that I know, like Smalltalk. That I kind of wanted to go back. I mean, I haven't done any Smalltalk since college. I kind of want to go back and revisit that. So I've been trying to switch between like a a tool-based or a technology-based talk and a uh, more of a theoretical talk every month. So uh, probably after that, maybe do another theory-type talk. So anyway, <clears throat> yeah, check out my website. It's LeviDSmith.com. You can find me at GA Tech Grad on various social media platforms and also uh, LeviDSmith.game. So Anyway, until next month, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and watching the video. Mm -hmm.